feel like we should begin the episode, as this is a, a random but memorable Smashing Security crossover, that we should start it with the robot voice person <laughs> that starts the beginning. But like, we don't have that kind of technology. So I, I, I thought, you know, I could just do the robot voice. Maybe we've got the technology to put some, like, bass on, on it afterwards. Do we just auto-tune it afterwards? Is that how that works? Whatever works. <laughs> Smashing Security Christmas Special Crossover, Episode 86, with Graham Cluley, Carol Terrio, Michael Fay, Anna Eastick, and Matt Davey. <laughs> <laughs> If you can remember, Matt Rue, this time last year I shared a terrible kind of password-related Christmas cracker-style joke. So I do have another one if you're ready to hear it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So why wouldn't you use beef stew as a password? Oh, I think this is... I know this one. I think I know this one. Yeah. Go on, then. Oh, it's bad. I'm groaning in anticipation. What is it? Because it's not stroganoff. That is, oh, that is perfectly painful, <laughs> isn't it? Been wow. waiting a whole year for that joke. Round a table with family and friends. That one get, comes up, right, most years. And they try and act like that's the first time I've ever heard it. <laughs> so I feel like that's just what happened now. <laughs> I think we need more password jokes in there. Are there yeah. no other password jokes at all? I mean, I think there must be. There are, Graham. I don't know that, that they're any better than that one. <laughs> so. I'm glad I had one fan of that joke. Did you? Oh. <laughs> I, I was definitely a fan. I'm in. I'm in. I've written it down. Thanks, Carol. There we go. There's your one. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's time for some Watchtower Weekly then. Named after our feature, Watchtower, that looks after you and tells you when there's any vulnerable passwords. So this first one is not a news story. Shock horror. It is a, a fun little tool that shows you the misery of the internet. It's called Outage Bingo. There is a different sheet each month. And essentially, they come up with a bingo sheet every month. Mm. And I don't know, is the job to kind of fill it? To get a line across? (laughs) I'm not quite sure. But there's things on there like a government entity, Cloudflare, Twitch, Apple, an entire TLD. And they (laughs) highlight when something either has a major breach or has an outage. It's kind of horrible, but also kind of interesting to see if you go back in time... You can see which ones they manage to fill more squares than other months. Oh, so they fill in these squares over the course of the month, depending on what's happened in that month. I understand, right? Yeah. I've, I've, sorry, I'm a bit slow. So at some point, we might get bingo yeah. if all of these things happen. Right. It is a five by five square. So that's, you know, that a lot of things would have to happen in order to uh, to get that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> some of these are going to happen every single month, aren't they? So <laughs> I think there'll be an Amazon AWS sort of mix-up where someone's left their bucket open. That's going to happen. <laughs> A major cryptocurrency service being hacked. That happens every month. Someone oh, will. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A couple of these should just be the free space in the middle is what should happen here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so far, it's the, what, 6th of December as we're recording mm-hmm. this? Two squares. Highlighted already. Reddit had a major outage. And Facebook, WhatsApp, all the other ones down as well. Do you know, I kind of want to do this major breach bingo, you know, just like some cyber event that happens. And then you could have a massive card and you definitely have a chance to 
get it in a month, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. you could do one over the course of a year as well, and and, and just have it outage, oh, outage, yeah. and you uh, could have one just finger. for the press release where they they <laughs> announce that the breach has occurred, which would explain that <laughs> they take security seriously, ah, like lines from it. Yeah, yeah, the old uh, you know we we respect yeah. users' privacy. Oh, that's a good one. Good shout. I like that. Out of an abundance of caution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this next one, Grinch bots are snatching popular toys. So this is from Bloomberg. A group of Democrats want to stop the Grinch from stealing Christmas, except this time around the spoil sport, their targeting is not a furry green creature, but a robot. So lawmakers, including Senators Richard Blumenthal and Chuck Schumer, introduced a bill to crack down on cyber Grinches, using bots to quickly snap up entire inventories of popular holiday toys and resell them at higher prices. Like scalpers. Yeah, scalpers. This is kind of a ticket thing as well, right? Like, Mm. I tried to get Elton John tickets. They were like 400 quid when they first sold for 45. Wow. I missed it by a day. Would you have taken them for 400 quid? No, 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 no. I I would have taken them for 45. Okay. What about 200? (laughs) I don't know. It's like a live auction here. I I feel like you might have some to sell now. Like there is a time though where you feel lucky. It's really weird because the scalpers are the reason you can't get in. Probably like these toys. You can't get a hold of the toys because they've been, you know, algorithmically taken from you and then resold. Do you feel happy if you like the price that it's being sold at, even if it's 20% more? Are you furious? No, I think I'm happy at that stage. I think I'm okay. Yeah. If it's like, if okay, all right, Elton John tickets, 100 quid, I'd be like, yeah, all right. Yeah. And you'd show off about it. (laughs) So uh, this bill uh, seeks to stop cyber Grinch greed from ruining kids' holidays, Blumenthal says in a statement. Wow, they're using some Christmas language to try and and pass this through. Some good puns, yeah. Is Is the Grinch owned now by Disney? And is it, Ooh, is it, it TM'd? Be. Like, I wonder if there's going to be a bit of argy-bargy going, you can't use that word, guys! <laughs> it's probably uh, in the kind of the public statement, but not mentioned anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> like, not in the law or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, price gouging of hot toys. And the legislation also introduced in the House of Representatives would apply to e-commerce sites to banning bots from bypassing security measures on online retail portals. However, with Congress facing urgent deadlines to avoid a federal government shutdown and a debt limit default, it's unclear how the bill will actually move in in time to save Christmas. Yeah. I, I think even if they do bring this law in before Christmas, which is unlikely, I mean, what are retailers actually going to do about it? Right. Surely this this contains like some some sort of thing that retailers need to do as well. Well, yeah. 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 Presumably you say you can't have a thousand of these toys, dude. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Limit of five. (laughs) Maybe also on every click you just put a capture. You know, you move the mouse in a straight line. It just assumes that you're a bot and you have to put in a capture. That'll sort them out. Anything like that. You hover a bit weird. Put in a capture. So I've got a different solution, right? I think they're going about this all the wrong way, trying to put in ways to stop people gouging the price in time for Christmas. I think maybe everybody should celebrate Christmas on a different day. Maybe everyone should have their family assigned a different Christmas day. And you'll be told, oh, yours is on March the 4th next year. Yours is on June the 12th. And then we wouldn't have this crazy rush of people trying to get the same presents at the same time. I think Graham's invented birthdays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. I went and looked to see what some of the hottest toys this year are. Oh, yeah. What are they? I was going to say, I feel like I'm a bit out of the loop. I have no idea. Oh, 
Well, I went and looked before, before you know, just because I thought it might be interesting. And listen to this. There's the interactive pet category where we have Shelbert the Turtle. Great name. Who is tops in the poop toy trend. Oh, no. It said, I'm quoting, you can feed him. And he even has a special song for when he has to go. And then underneath, <laughs> this is in Hello Magazine, it says, the best funny poop toys for kids this Christmas. And there's a link. Real. I mean, I feel like we should just let the bots have them. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm with you. I didn't see any toy there that I thought I have to have this or I would have killed for this. I think Carol has taken the word bot quite literally there. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you could, uh, you know, create another bot that generates the excitement for a toy. Oh, yeah. And then you've got both sides of it. It would like one side would build fake generate craze around this toy. And then the other bot would think, oh, my goodness, I've got to buy a thousand of these because I need to, because I can then resell them. And then you've got the bots, you know, fighting off against each other again. This is how Skynet started, Matt. Don't, don't go down this route. <laughs> I, th- I think so, yeah. Okay, so this next one, a Russian hacker is wanted by FBI is unmasked. So this one's from the Daily Mail, so take it with, um, you know, quite a large pinch of salt. Yeah. It's about the first and last time I think we'll use them as a source. It's kind of, it's not very COVID sensitive, that title. Uh, yes. Th- th- that is true. Oh, yeah. I'm masking. Oh, yes. Yeah, got it. Yep. I just think the FBI shouldn't do that, right? You shouldn't be ripping off the masks of people. Yes. <laughs> One of the FBI's most wanted men linked to ransomware gang. I always want to call them ransomware groups, but gang makes them sound cooler, I guess. Revil. It is living freely in Siberian city with no sign the Russian authorities are acting to detain him. Dailymail.com tracked the suspected super hacker, Yevgeny Polyani. Polyanin? <laughs> Good try, Matt. I am Good terrible, at, I, uh, honestly. Yevgeny. Yevgeny. Yevgeny Polyanin. So they tracked the suspected super hacker to a chic 380,000 uh, USD home. This is in. Siberia, by the way, so home prices might... That'll be a palace! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a barn all, where he was seen driving his $74,000 Toyota Land Cruiser 200. One thing that I like about this story is the fact that Daily Mail have, like, overseas detectives and not just phone hackers or anything like that. It's kind of mental. Just, just the idea that someone is like an international inspector for the Daily Mail is, <laughs> is a bit weird. Like, what are you investigating? Um, I... Uh, FBI hackers and, you know, celebrities. That Those two. Those, those are my four Celebrity things. cellulite. Yeah. I had to cut so much from this story because they interview, like, his mum, his sister, and, like, oh his goodness. distant friends from uni. It's like a life story. So his wife, Sophia, uh, they do talk about, uh, openly runs an upscale social media baking business. What's a social media baking business? <laughs> I okay. Surely just a baking business. It includes racy hen party cupcakes decorated. Oh, decorated with male genitalia. Uh, oh. Delicious. Yum, yum. <laughs> While he is accused of the uh, US authorities of extorting millions of dollars from American businesses, the pair enjoy a luxury lifestyle with helicopter rides to the nearby scenic Altai Mountains, a second car, which is a BMW worth up to $108,000. Pollyannon was also this month accused by FBI of involvement in ransomware attacks and money laundering activities. He is alleged to be an affiliate of the Reval Sudin, Sudin Kabi. Oh, God, I could never pronounce that word either. 
That's why they named it Revil, because the other one was so hard for people to pronounce. <laughs> the FBI claimed to have seized 6.1 million from him in ill-gotten funds, while the reward of up to 5 million was offered for information leading to his arrest. The information leading to his arrest must be quite difficult, right? Does that mean the Daily Mail get it? Well, no, because he hasn't been arrested, has he? So say the Daily Mail give his location to someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That doesn't lead to his arrest because no one's going to arrest him in Russia. Right. Like they know where he is. Yeah. So leading to his arrest is a difficult one, right? Don't you guys know about Dog the Bounty Hunter? Have you have you ever seen him? He has a real ad- <laughs> Does he work outside of Florida, though? <laughs> Does that, like... I think if there's that much money up for grabs, he might be tempted to go to Siberia. He'll probably have to put a jumper Only on Only if they film it as like a special feature-long <laughs> episode, I think. Oh, my god! So there seems to be little prospect of his arrest because relatives and neighbours stress that they have had no contacts over the, the FBI allegations or from the, the Russian FSB counterintelligence service or police. So Russia has been accused by the West of turning a blind eye to hackers targeting the US and Europe from its territory. Pollyannon and his wife have spent recent days dodging reporters and cutting phone calls while living at his gated home, where his curtains remained almost permanently closed. Uh, so he yeah. has like six million that he's accused of taking. Is that what the FBI said? Is that what you that, That's what they've taken from him in ill-gotten gains, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he's not living that kind of high polloi lifestyle. I mean, if his house is what, 340? Oh, you think he's conscientiously saving? Yeah, I think I think he's looking for his pension. <laughs> Putting some work down now so he can so he can retire early. He's a key Why is he that. living in Siberia? If you if you're a cyber criminal mastermind, why would you choose to live in <laughs> Siberia? Surely Why wouldn't you live there? Because I imagine it's a bit nippy. I, I can't imagine it's that nice, but also I can imagine it's quite protected. True. You really got to want it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go get it Again, everybody, including the Daily Mail, knows where he lives, but no one is coming to get him, it seems. I think it's genius. <laughs> so this next one. Are your Christmas presents spying on you? How to assess gifts privacy risks. This is from the LA Times. Buying a holiday gift is a bit of a gamble, and not just because it might be ill-fitting or unwanted. Thanks to the advent of interconnected smart products and services, your gift may actually pose a threat to your privacy. So interactive toys and gadgets often collect a boatload of data about their users and their surroundings. And friend of the show, Jen Colrider, lead author of Mozilla Foundation's Privacy Not Included guide, said the privacy issues raised by smart devices range from the annoyance of targeted ads to the physical threat of someone stalking you with the help of a poorly designed Bluetooth tag. There's also a chance that weak data security by the manufacturer could allow criminals to steal your personal data. Details. If you're keen to pick up a smart product this Christmas, you'll probably want to consider things like Wi-Fi connections, data collection and practices and recording capabilities of these items. Here are some questions to ask yourself based on suggestions from CalRider and other privacy experts from the EFF. So the first one is, does the device connect to the internet? Oh, quite a few devices these days connect to the internet. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know, like, the number of toys in, like, big toy retailer shops with a percentage that are actually internet activated. And why don't they have a big sticker? Like, this is internet enabled, definitely. One of the things that I saw recently was, like, a, you know, like, you get nutritional stickers on things. Yeah. You know, yeah. red means it's extra tasty. Orange <laughs> <laughs> means slightly bland. And green means it's basically a vegetable. I think that they should do that for toys. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like doing different categories as well, giving it a number out of 10, that type of thing. I can't imagine 
how that would go down without government assistance in bringing it on. But right. Yeah. Who's providing the walled garden? Would it be governments that would do it? Or would you have like an international technology, I don't know, consortium? And the problem is with an internet connected device, it might update itself occasionally, it may introduce new problems which weren't initially there. And then do you have to change the packaging? It's not trivial to do this kind of thing. Like you put a sales sticker on it, you'd have to be like, no, it's gone down. It reminds me that Apple actually have this, right? In the App Store, when you scroll down, it Mm. tells you all the things that it does. That's obviously implemented at a software level. So it's better than packaging. But I just feel like there's nothing at the moment that tells you. I think, though, the problem often is, is that people get these toys or these devices, whatever, and they just assume that the default settings are secure or for them, secure enough. Like if that's default, it must be fine. And they don't go and change. Like I know people that work in technology and haven't changed their Wi-Fi password, haven't even bothered. And when I bring it up and laugh at them, they go, oh, look, I'm just too busy. Yeah, I have to agree, Crow. I mean, I'm surprised so far the advice has not been to change default passwords with one that is strong and has been generated maybe by some powerful sort of, I don't know what you would use, some yeah. sort of utility. That could... I don't know. Do we know of any great ones? <laughs> I'm scratching my head, you know. <laughs> so the next question to ask is apparently, are the web-enabled features essential? I think another question to ask is, can you actually turn them off? Yeah. yeah. I think a bunch of these toys come with, like like you said, default settings with no way to change them. And I think that's kind yeah. of terrifying as well. Maria, from our, on our Smashing Security show occasionally, she and I were talking about this smart fridge. And she really liked the fridge, but she didn't like the smart features. But if she turned off the smart features or somehow you know, deactivated the internet, it would brick the fridge. So the fridge wouldn't work. Oh, wow. that's maddening. My washing machine is like that. Or is it my dryer? I don't know which one, but like one of them is is constantly reaching out on Wi-Fi for updates and I can't turn it off. I just, I gave it a guest network by itself that doesn't have internet. (laughs) That's how I solved it. That's brilliant. Otherwise it constantly asks to be connected to Wi-Fi and and like, what was I supposed to do? I don't want to connect to Wi-Fi. How do I know they're not going to, you know, accidentally release a software update for like my woolware and (laughs) they're going to cook it. (laughs) Imagine if your clothes were taken ransom. Exactly. If the bad guys got in. It wouldn't let you open the door. The, the door does lock, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, that's some expensive cashmere you own, Matt. I know. <laughs> cashmere, Matt. You don't put cashmere in a washing machine, Anna. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Joke ruined. You, you you do when you're, you know, lazy and wear cashmere. And that's fine true. at darning holes. <laughs> so the next question to ask is, does the device have a camera, a microphone or other settings? So internet connected devices that can see and hear and come with risk. They could snoop on users. So the threat was was one of the reasons Mattel discontinued its interactive Hello Barbie not long after it was released in 2015 in the wake of an outcry from security researchers. What was it like, Chucky? But Barbie looking? When we had Jen Coltrider on the show, we were talking about a doll that you could connect to. I don't think it was a Barbie that you could connect to and then access the camera and then have it say things. And so people were hacking these dolls and like talking to kids and stuff. It's yep. terrifying, like super creepy. Yeah. It's the Wild West right now. Yeah. So the next question is how much information is collected? So again, this is what the, you know, that nutrition privacy label would help you understand. Like, I don't feel like at the moment 
you have any idea apart from if you wade through the the company's privacy policy. Yeah, and a lot of these uh, toys will maybe, well, not a lot of them. Some of them may have a place where all the information they collect is stored. So if you, for example, you have to go through what a GDPR request to find out what they've collected on you, like, or do they have a web portal that allows you to go see what information is collected on you? I know that you can do that with like some of the Amazon Home Assistant products. And one expert said every month he goes in to see what it accidentally is picked up, thinking. You know, we were talking to the device and then they would go and delete it. But they would do that monthly. Oof. No one looks after stuff like that. So the next one is what happens to the data? Uh, so, again, like that you, you give them all this data and your, your expectations are kind of that there is a standard, but it could go anywhere. Yeah, I feel like if the privacy policy is really long in this case, that's like a major red flag. I don't even <laughs> understand I just scroll to the bottom. I feel like everybody else does. And I'm I'm not even sure, like, what the length of a bad one is. Crow reads them. I do. I don't read them all. I read the sections that I'm most interested in. Like, what data do you collect about me? Right. What are, well, how do I terminate this relationship? Carol needed something to do over lockdown. And so this, she's taken this on for all the rest of us. <laughs> no, actually, it's kind of crazy because websites can almost say whatever they want, but that's where they can't lie, right? That's where they're liable. So it seems to me smart, but you don't have to wade through everything. There's loads of cute little tools out there, too, to help you read these things. If you find them just like a wall of text, they can kind of highlight the bits that you need to pay attention to. Hopefully we'll see more good ones for those coming out. Yeah. Okay. So the last question that you should ask yourself when buying one of these gifts is who might use this gift? So just as your gift recipient may be more or less worried than you are about privacy, they may also be notably more or less tech savvy than you. Many of these devices allow users to adjust the settings to pair the amount of personal information collected or anything like that, you know, opt out of marketing emails, etc. So you just have to kind of look who's getting the gift. Most of these technology products I seem to buy myself, so <laughs> I know what I'm getting into. I bought a, an Oculus recently, and it requires a Facebook account. I didn't particularly want one of those, yeah. so I made a fake one. It worked for me, but it didn't work for my friend, <laughs> who it guessed and said, you're trying to create a duplicate Facebook account, which is terrifying in itself. Mm-hmm. Have they made the mistake of creating an account? In the name of Zark Muckerberg. Because I think they picked that up. They've cottoned on? Yeah. They didn't used to, but these days I think they picked that one up. Oh, dear. Imagine being the Facebook developer working on that feature. So we're going to link to Mozilla's Privacy Not Included guide in the show notes. And you can, you know, browse through there and choose to do your Christmas shopping. I don't think you have very long left by the time the episode goes out. So uh, yeah. I, I hate actually that internet enabled has been kind of coined as smart because often it's kind of dumb. I just think, you know, yeah. it's yeah. It, Wi-Fi enabled or enabled shouldn't be considered smart. I don't know. I might yeah. I might start that in 2022. That's good. <laughs> it's a campaign. We can make it happen. Yeah, campaign. I like it. I like to buy more things that are, are not smart now. <laughs> like, like sweaters? Yeah. <laughs> Cashmere. I, I mean, yeah, that, that too, yeah. But like too many things come with far too many controls and internet enabled bits. Yeah. I think it depends on like the value that it gives you as well and if you want to weigh that up with the risks because I think I read about an egg minder the other day which is a smart thing that literally tells you whether your eggs are fresh and like <sighs> yeah. do you really need that? Don't you just check the box <sighs> yeah. and look at the sell by day? Uh, you, you need one of those chickens 
You need one of those like glassware chickens that you have on the side that you put. Your oh, eggs I thought in. you meant a real chicken, and you could tell whether it just no. if the no. egg has just come out of the chicken, then it's fresh. You know it's fresh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That um, arguably chickens aren't smart either. So you know, there we go. No one needs an egg minder. Come on. <laughs> Right, so this next part of the show is a new bit to us. It's called Pick of the Week. Oh, and welcome back. And you join us at our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Hey, it's like you've done this before. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, sorry, you have to say Pick of the Week. Oh, Pick of the pick Week. Of the week. Pick, pick of the Week. Excellent. <laughs> Was that enthusiastic enough? Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. It could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they like. Doesn't have to be security related necessarily. Better not be. Okay, my pick of the week this week is an app and it's also a website, a service which I use because I love Twitter. Do you guys love Twitter? I mean, I use it. I don't love, love it. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Okay, there's a lot of (laughs) horrible... All right. There's a lot of horrible stuff which happens on Twitter. We all know that. But there's also little moments of joy. And there's sometimes... I mean, my ideal job would probably be to shitpost all day on Twitter. That would be my ideal job, is just to go on there. Really? Yes. To be a troll. You're not a troll. (laughs) Not a troll. That's what it's called. No, 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 no. That's what we call it. No, no, no. I would refer to it more as being a social media commentator slash influencer slash model slash other people have been comedian. banned off youtube no, for doing I'm, that. no what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna say amusing things about something that's happened in the news and maybe have a little poke at somebody and i'd quite enjoy doing that and if there was a way of monetizing it anyway i quite liked daily mail <laughs> join them <laughs> I quite like going on Twitter to see what's going on in the world because I'm a news junkie. But the problem is I follow – I had a look this morning. I follow over 2,000 people on Twitter. Whoa. And invariably I miss the odd tweet, <laughs> right? And I don't know what's going on. Oh my Enter God. my pick of the week this week, which is Tweet Shelf. Now, there used to be a company called Nuzzle, which provided a very similar service, but they got acquired by Twitter about a year ago who shut down this service and kept on saying, oh, we're going to bring it back. But they haven't. What Tweet Shelf does is it links in with your Twitter account. It looks at everybody you're following and it works out what the most popular content people are linking to. So if there's something which in the last four hours or eight hours or something is causing a bit of a kerfuffle, it will bubble it up for me. Graham, I think you're sick. No, I'm not sick. <laughs> You've got like a serious you serious case of FOMO. I can't believe it. I'm nervous. No, I'm scared well, no, for you. Well, I'm, I'm interested in the news. And I'm also sometimes it'll be security related. Sometimes it'll be about Doctor Who or who knows what. Depends on what I'm following. And so <sighs> these things will come up and I'll say, oh, I, didn't, I hadn't heard that was going on. But now I can see people who I'm following are talking about it as well. And so it's it's kind of cool. And that is something which I use every day. And I find it very helpful to find out what's going on in the world of cybersecurity as well as my other interests. And that is why Tweet Shelf is my pick of the week. I think I think what I'd like is that in reverse, where <laughs> it shows me one tweet every week. Just the best one from, yes! from the people that I follow. I am so with Matt on this. And like, yeah. I'll follow like, I don't know, 20 people. And they'll just give me 20 tweets and that'll be that'll be it for the month. I just want to know the best of the month. You want a pick of the week, but for a tweet. Yeah, tweet of the week. Yeah. Ooh, tweet of the week. Don't think we've got a jingle for that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pick of the week. Hey. It, is, it is an annual pick of the week because it's a seasonal thing for me in particular. There is an app 
called Deliveries. Deliveries has been around for a decade or more now, and it does one thing, and it does it super well. You take the tracking number that you get from your carrier whenever your package has been shipped out from somewhere, you put it into Deliveries, and it aggregates it all, puts everything on a nice map. You get a big, giant countdown of how many days out before your package is going to be delivered, and it is perfect this time of year. And it covers so many different package and shipping shipping carriers so as i buy things for loved ones if i'm sending gift baskets to people everything goes into deliveries you can even if you subscribe to it they've they've set up a subscription service for it now which like it's like five bucks for a year i have been begging them to monetize for years because for the longest time it was like oh you bought it once in 2006 so you're still good and i was like please don't Please don't go out of business. Please find some way to take some people's money. You can just forward your tracking emails to an email address that you've set up, that they've set up, and it will automatically parse out the shipping code and everything and just add it to your your deliveries list. So go to the App Store, search for deliveries, download it. It's yeah, it's great. It's it's made by a friend of mine. It's like two people, Mike and and his wife make this and uh, have for, for Mike and his time. wife. Shout out to Mike and his wife. Mike and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a great app. Everyone should go get deliveries. Crow, what's your pick of the week? Well, Christmas, guys. So we took, it's kind of a Christmas show, isn't it? It is. So uh, I thought I'm going home for Christmas this year. I didn't last year. And I get the joy of cooking everything. If you are also, you know, in charge of cooking or you have to cook because your your packages don't arrive, your food deliveries don't arrive on time and you have to go and uh, rustle up some recipes, I thought I would tell you places to get good ones because everyone just seems to go online and just search up a recipe and there's so much crap out there. So three websites. One, breakfast. Breakfast is there, right? What do you do? You go to kingarthurbaking.com. You guys will put these links on the show notes. Oh, the best flour. Yeah, best flour, but the recipes are tested as well, right? So I've had beginners. I'm, I've been cooking quite a lot, but I, I get challenged and love the recipes, but I've also had beginners try recipes and they come out great. And if you have to make like a cake or all the cookies and all that stuff, Joy of Baking, she's been going for, I don't know, 20 years and she's like a mama of cooking and she just knows her stuff. And then for the main, I thought I would go to Kenji Lopez, SeriousEats.com. Do any of you guys know that site? Yeah, I love Serious Eats. Right? Do you have the book? Yeah. Do you have the food lab I book? don't have the book, Get no. the book. Uh-huh. Okay. Put it on your list for Christmas. On the Christmas list. Yeah, yeah, it's really worth it. It's a really lovely book. But it's a great website. He has loads of YouTube channels too, doing all kinds of cool stuff. So there you go. You have no excuse not to make everyone Perfect. just go nuts on Christmas Day. What's your favorite thing to cook around Christmas? It's kind of like cinnamon roll. It's called like, we call it braid. It's like my grandmother's bread. It's kind of like a brioche thing. And then you stuff like pecan, sugar pecan stuff inside the cracks of the braid. (laughs) And then you ice it afterwards. It's absolutely amazing. Okay. Nice. I'm hungry now. All right. My pick of the week. I'm going to be quick. All right. But I have a good one. I'm going to share my screen for this so you can all get the effect. Uh, Well, you know, all of you here. It is the 1980s Argos catalog. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I found this online and it is a thing of beauty. The sexism is rife, but you have to just, you have to get past that a bit. All right. The number of products that they have are just... Just wonderful. Wow. Wow. It really is the 80s, isn't it? You can be in a One jumpsuit. I love and, jumpsuits. Uh, and, <laughs> and use the fly mo. <laughs> it's just such a good 
thing. And like Hello. 1986, I believe this is. <laughs> and they have all of them. We'll link to it in yes. the show notes. Look at her jumpsuit. You, you've got some absolutely yeah. terrible looking, totally unwaterproof tents that they sold in the 80s. You've got some kitchen appliances, some dinghies. Yeah. It makes you remember what Argos used to sell, which, you know, includes a whole bunch wow. of stuff. Um, oh, you know, look at the it, gym it, equipment. Look at the gym is equipment. Is that Arnie? That's this, Arnie. This is the... That's Arnie Schwarzenegger, isn't it? In the Argos catalogue, yeah. yeah. We can look in as well. Uh, <laughs> Eleven, which was a... Let me look up Eleven. Spenby body building kit, thirteen ninety nine Steel. Bargain. Uh, there we go. Okay, this sounds like I had a really sad childhood, but a game we used to play, we had a catalogue equivalent to the Argos catalogue, the Sears catalogue. Everyone in North America will know it. And we used to, the game was someone would give you a nominal amount of money that you had to spend. Yeah. And you had to spend it in the holiday. Did you too? Yeah. Right. It must be the parents' game when we were kids. And you'd ring it with a pen or you'd like fold over the page. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so like imaginary shopping. Yeah, but you could do you could do it like, let's play 1992, right? We have the Argos catalog oh, and you've okay. got 250 quid. Whoever gets the best loot wins. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a that's a great yeah. idea. Because if you, if you took 250 quid into the 1980s, catalog you, you could you yeah. could you could clear up trampoline <laughs> matt i think this is an inspired pick of the week and it has given me the idea of what to get my smashing security co-host for christmas Uh-oh. maybe get her an argos catalog so i've just been on ebay <laughs> they sell for a fortune you can be spending oh like yeah yeah really? if you've got any really old argos catalogs they are yeah. they're very Why? expensive they're like 45 pounds you used to get them for free yes i know just well, rock up in the store just pick i'm gonna one up. rock i'm gonna go down to Argos later today and pick up a whole bunch of them, I think, yeah. and save them up for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Forget yeah. cryptocurrency. This is what people should be investing in. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We better jump to our game, which is called Ridiculous Requirements, and this is the festive edition. So, welcome to... Ridiculous requirements. The game where we must work together to come up with passwords, which is not advised, that fit the honestly terrible requirements. Oh, and as this is our Christmas edition, Anna is going to be spoiling us with two rounds. I am. Excellent. So, first one. Are you ready for the requirements? Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. They are. It must contain the opposite to nice in a Christmas context. It must contain one of Santa Claus's nine reindeer. <sighs> It must contain something under the mistletoe. It must contain the letter X. And it must end with two numbers featured in a popular Christmas carol. And the whole thing must sound like a terrible username from early 2000s MSN Messenger. Oh, all right. (laughs) Okay, so we've got opposite of nice. Naughty. Yep. Name of a reindeer. Yep. So what, should we say Rudolph? I mean, that's an obvious one, right? Yeah. No, I think it's got to be Vixen because it has to contain the letter X. Oh, oh, it, oh! I see. Oh, I see. Well done, Rue. Yeah. That is also something that does sound like a terrible username from early 2000s MSN. <laughs> <Yeah>. Naughty Vixen. <laughs> Naughty Vixen. What, what else did we have to have? Kiss underneath the mistletoe, I'm guessing. Yeah. Naughty Vixen Snog. Oh. <laughs> snog. Kiss. Kiss. Kiss, okay. yeah. And there was yeah. a number. That number must be 12. Okay. Right? Yeah, we can do 12. Must end with two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two numbers. Yeah. 
Naughty Vixen Kiss 12? You got it. Yeah, it is Naughty <laughs> Vixen Kiss 12. Yay. There you go. We're awesome, guys. Yay. 12 being obviously the 12 days of Christmas. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's 100% a, a terrible early 2000s MSN messenger name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well done. Smash that one. Beauty. Okay, so final one. The requirements are it must contain the first word from the title of a Jim Carrey Christmas movie. It must contain the name of someone who describes despises Christmas. It must contain the action of cutting something up terribly. It must contain the word you might use to describe a turkey if you burnt it. And then it must contain the sixth word in the title of a song by Wizard. And the whole thing must sound like a clickbaity security news headline. Oh my god. Uh, Hang on, isn't the first bit Grinch Grinch? Because wasn't Jim Carrey in the Grinch? Grinch the Grinch? Or it's the Grinch. Or the... I was thinking the, because the Grinch. Yeah, but that's not the actual full title of the film. Oh. <laughs> okay, so um, so we got a Jim Carrey movie is the first one. We need something to do with Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, is it Doctor? Is the because is it is it Doctor Seuss's The Grinch Who Stole Christmas? Nope. Oh, is it How How the Grinch Stole Christmas? It is How. Yes. Oh, how. how 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 Very clever. Well done, man. So that okay, that's the first two, right? What, what was the second bit? The name of someone who despises Christmas is The Grinch despises Christmas. Oh, I was thinking Scrooge. It's oh. Scrooge. Oh. Yes. oh, okay. How Scrooge? Okay. How yeah. Scrooge? And then, then what do we have? Cutting up paper uh, badly, like tear. How Scrooge chop, cut, mangle, snip, <laughs> Perforated. <laughs> These are all words you could use, but they're not the word I'm looking for. Sounds like. Okay, let's leave that one and come back to it. <laughs> okay, let's let's go. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. The word must contain so how you might describe a turkey if you burnt it. Char. Dry, what? desiccated, decimated. Yeah, I'm thinking of the one from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Spatchcocked. <laughs> no, if you spatchcock a turkey, it's beautiful every time. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Overdone, roasted, oh. um, incinerated. <laughs> These are all very uh, creative. I like it. Okay, something about and what? Uh, uh, cremated. cremated. <laughs> that cherry. <laughs> I mean, the turkey is the main part of the Christmas dinner, right? So if you burn it, you... It's ruined. Ruined, ruined, ruined. Oh, good winner. Oh, ruined. Okay, ruined. ruined. Yes. Thank you for that clue. Good shout, Graham. It must contain the sixth word in a title of a song by Wizards. Christmas. It's I wish it could be Christmas every day. Oh, right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Hang on, what was the third clue? How Scrooge... The act of cutting up something terribly. So the last clue might help you out here. The whole thing must sound like a clickbaity security news headline. Oh, security. <laughs> Breach? No. <laughs> Leaked. No, leak. How, how what? Okay. So... And the action of cutting something up terribly. Hacked. Hacking. Hacked. How Scrooge... Hacked. Oh. Yes. How Scrooge hacking ruined Christmas. How Scrooge hack ruined Christmas. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> that was a hard one, Anna. Your podcast is really highbrow, yeah. I have to say, compared to ours. This is... I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> really? I don't think we've ever got that one before. <laughs> Fun, though. Amazing. Uh, all right. Only left to say... Thank you and love you all. Yeah, love you all. This was great. Have a very Merry Christmas, both of you. And a Happy New Year. Thank you very much for inviting us on. Thank you guys so much for having us on. It has been absolutely so much fun. 
Loved it. Have we started recording yet? Or was that just the warm-up? <laughs> <laughs> 